ready for this? How the folks let's gather around for the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, it can't get better than this. Forget about all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this Oh, word to your mother. And welcome in to another episode of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I am your hostess with the mostest manager of Team Fairlife, Chris Mitchum, with the usual crew. Usual crew is back, baby. Of course, we have Aaron Hunt, manager of Let Russ Microwave. What is happening, everybody? Great to be back on the pod for yet another rendition of the show. And the new baby daddy himself, currently on crying baby alert as we speak, manager of the new and reinvigorated, close but no Jamar, Mr. Tim Raider. How's it going, sir? What's going on? Glad to be back. Let the voice be heard. How's the sleep it's schedule treating you? Being a dad, yeah. You know, you, you get enough sleep. You look great. You look great. Yeah, you, you adapt. It's fine. You're wearing your Bengals orange still. I mean, you look you look fantastic, if I may say so myself. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, because we have the usual crew for you, that means we have an even better show for you than usual. We are back to our elite podcasting ways. We're giving you a week seven review. That's right. The regular season is officially half way over wins mean a little bit more now going forward we have the main event the trade ring is open and lord have mercy it's going to get bloody today two huge trades for you one happening on sunday morning the other happening during the week this week can't wait to get into that get everybody's opinion on there and of course we have another round of the this league guarantee coming your way before we get into a week eight preview fellas I'll just knock it out real quick. I don't have a drink again. I don't know what has made me live so recklessly as to not drink anything during podcasts, but that's where we are. Aaron, what are you sipping on? Just finished up a sparkling ice. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of that drink before, but it kind of kind of looks like, well, my dad like that. and I feel like most people over the age of 40 are big fans of sparkling ice water. So, Chloe's brother who used to uh live near here they had just like an excess amount of them and so we've just had so many for months so i've I've just been sipping on i like them and another thing about those i feel like those flavors are very hit or miss like the cranberry ones and like there was like a blueberry one that i had once again my dad loves these things but they have like an apple cider one that was literally disgusting they're like a very hit or miss beverage yeah i this one was the black cherry which uh Solid. I can say good things about solid. Mm-hmm. Tim, what are we sipping on? Oh, we got nothing. But those those uh, sparkling ice drinks—that's what I lived off of in high school. Nice. Why? But <clears throat> I could. I used to always have. I don't know. Probably just about one a day back in the day. Crush. They're nice. That is healthy. Healthy boy. We do have, for all intents and purposes, Thursday night football on in the background. It is currently, I think the Bucks just turned it over because it is second it was and two. Th- three and out. Three and out. Yeah. How are they already on? They're in the red zone. They had a really good uh, punt return back. Oh, gotcha. They got it to like the 25. Yeah. Okay. Well, James Cook just ran to like the 11 yard line. Let's punch it in, baby. 
Let's punch it in, James. And we're just going to punch on with the show. What do you say? Let's do it. Broncos country. Let's rock. We are reviewing week seven, also known as the week of the tight end. Good Lord. Happy National Tight End Day to all of the tight ends out there. If you case you forgot, this is also this was the second week of the Cadoba Chipotle Classic, where we have a four week stretch in the middle of the season where you have members from the two divisions playing cross divisional matchups, and it's fun to keep score to just show how dominant the Chipotle division is this week. To give you a little refresh, last week Chipotle won four to one coming into this week, and we had a lot of really good matchups. If you recall earlier last week, Aaron and I disagreed. I think on like three matchups we picked opposite on, so it'll be interesting to see who got the better of who. Let's jump into our first matchup. It was Mr. Aaron and let Russ Microwave taken on a Steven and Mount Passmore team. Um Obviously, this game had more implications because of something we will get into later. But, Tim, I'll go ahead and let you tell the people what occurred here. Yeah, we're sitting here. Uh, let Russ Microwave is trying to keep pace with Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth, mm-hmm. the final undefeated team in this league. Steven and Mount Passmore, uh, a surprising I would say most people after the offseason, surprising overachieving team thus far. Yeah, I think so. Sitting at sitting at four and two, uh, really looking to see if he, he might be able to catch up with stretch in uh, in the Qdoba division. So uh, things looking out here. Eckler's second game back, uh, still trying to kind of get his legs under him. Picked up a, a slight low ankle sprain, but I don't think it's anything worth holding out of practice. Um, Aaron's guys, you know, Saquon Barkley with 18, uh, new guy with 18 as well for Aaron this week. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like, I, I feel like we'll save that one. I, know, I, feel like I we'll think so. As a black hole for now. Just, just, uh, just think there's somebody that's good enough to break into Aaron's roster that got 18 points. So you can probably yeah. see the, the, uh, the weight of the trade we will soon be discussing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Devontae Adams, squeaky wheel game, gets 12 targets, uh, unfortunately, from, oh, gosh, was it Brian Hoyer this week? Brian (laughs) Hoyer. Yeah, okay. Uh, That was something, but still 12 points. Uh, Mark Andrews, two tighties for National Tight End Day. Amon Ra with 19 targets. God. 19, like target machine, 23 points. Hill with 15 targets. 26 points. I mean, like, your team must have had 80 targets. It had to be. Like, that's just insane. In, insane. Steven, on the other side, you know, it's the, the fighting Latavius Murrays and A.J. Dillons taking on the world. Uh, Herbert with a down week, only 12. Jacoby Myers put in a solid week with Jacoby 18. Myers. <laughs> Jacoby Myers. How much did we talk about Jacoby Myers in my absence? Um, we said he's like low key putting up like wider, like really good wide receiver two numbers. He's like the definition of a the best flex you could have. Do you know what his rank is on the year? Oh God, I think I asked this question last week. How many points did he put up? Uh, okay, but now he, did. he scored another eighteen. I bet he is the wide receiver eleven. I was gonna go at twelve. 
He is 12. Oh. That, that is like a wide receiver borderline one. Quite he, ridiculous, he is, though. He's doing it. A.J. Brown, you know, nice, nice wide receiver in Philly uh, for Steven this week, mm-hmm. gave him 29 points. Ingram did his thing with about 10. Christian Kirk, you know, looks like maybe the favorite target right now. He is, dude. The, he the is. Jacksonville. I'm over Calvin to... Ridley. Calvin Ridley is not a must start. He's not an automatic start. For everybody that has Calvin Ridley out there, it's yeah. okay to bench him. It's okay. I have him in like my like two redraft leagues, and I don't like it anymore. It was fun for a couple weeks. But it was a it. ride. It was great. Um, but, yeah, so ultimately, you know, I just – Hearing all those targets on Aaron's sides, Steven can't keep up. Aaron wins this one rather decidedly, 158 to 118. Aaron was the highest scorer on the week. Yeah, nothing much to add here. Congrats to Aaron. He moves to not or nine. Wow, five and two. Steven falls to four and three. Anything to add here, Aaron? Nope. Just was really excited that I got to deploy a new toy that we'll talk about later and he showed up well for me and I, I just had a really well-balanced week overall pretty much all the pieces that I needed to perform did so outside of Eckler which I'm already mentioned while Tim was giving the beautiful breakdown I gotta do it Mr. Josh Allen gets into the end zone with his legs screw Latavius Murray screw Stefan Diggs Josh Allen could do it on his own let's get into the next matchup and it was a big one now you might be thinking these teams combined have a total win of or a total win total of one but it was zach and breeze lightning from the Cadoba division taken on clayton and the red rocket coming to this one at one and five from the chipotle division very very big game to determine whether chipotle is absolutely going to wreck the classic or be somewhat remotely close with the Cadoba division. We will see. And Aaron, I'm 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 not that kind of guy that brags and says I told you so. But I told you so, baby. <laughs> Zach gets his first win of the season, 103 to 78. In case you missed last week, like Aaron and I spent an absurd amount of time deciding who's going to win this game between a 0 and 6 team and a 1 and 5 team. Like we spent a lot of time on it cuz we disagreed. And we were both like strangely passionate about it. I don't know why. But uh, Zach gets this one on the back of a breakout performance from Mr. Joshua Downs. Colt, go Colts. You love to see the little shorty getting out there, getting it done. Five catches for 125 yards and a tutty. And he put up a nice 103 total without Mr. Brees Hall. Zach also got to welcome back quietly a Deontay Johnson. I personally forgot he was back who put up a solid wide receiver 23 performances, and he also had solid contributions from uh, Javante Williams and Josh Palmer, which looks to be a pretty good piece of that Chargers offense going forward. And uh, the eyeballs of the week, I'm slapping them on. Mr. Rashi Rice on the bench for Zach. It is very kind of Kadarius Toney to allow this guy to become maybe the wide receiver one, you know, he's being nice to the rookie. He's letting him get all the props and stuff like that. His time will come. Kadarius Tony's time will come. Now, don't worry, Clayton. I know what you're thinking. I will let the people know that you had Joe Burrow, Damian Pierce, which at this point, who really cares? He's on by. And Nico Collins, all on by. So obviously that means you had to turn to the likes of Tyler Algier, 
Dawson Knox coming into your flex spot. You know, K.J. Osborne as well. Couldn't really get it done. But Algier, I will say, had 21 carries for 59 yards. So that is about as an Algier of a performance as you can get. And not to mention a surprising goose egg from Mr. Cole Komet in Clayton's tight end spot. Unfortunately, is not enough to get it done as Zach gets off the schneid, gets his first win of the season. And really, ultimately, just in the grand scheme of things, I think these are two teams kind of going in the opposite directions as far as kind of being at the bottom of the pile can be. The last three weeks, Zach and Brees Lightning has scored over 100 points, while the last three weeks, Clayton and the Red Rocket has failed to top 100 points. And if you go back and even look at weeks one through four, the narratives were kind of flipped. So will they eventually even out? Probably. Are they probably two of the not best teams of the league? Probably, but the fact that, you know, either can kind of score over 100 at any point makes neither of them a pushover. Zach moves to one and six. Clayton falls to one and six. And Zach gets an all important point for the Cadoba division in the classic. Anything to add here, gentlemen? I mean, how about the game for Josh Downs? Did not see that one coming. I know he's the talented guy, but over 100 yards with the touchdown. Some of that production I just did not see in my assessment of Zach this week when I did pick Clayton to win. And Rishi Rice, we talked about a little bit last week, Chris, but he is that dude, and I really like the things I'm for seeing now. from him. So For now. Yeah. All right. Well, Kadarius Tony, we know he can't play football. Nah, so He's going to be the dude. So, somebody has to, has to produce there. But, yeah, great win for Zach, able to finally – not be in the winless uh, class uh, or, you know, category. So shout out to him and for Clayton. I think, you know, brighter days are ahead. There is a chance he doesn't finish 10th this year. He might have a, a fight and a, something to say about that. He might be frisky. Yeah. Moving on to our next matchup. It was a juicy one between two teams with of some. Did they have the best records? They might have had the best records, the best records in the league. And of course, it was a civil war between Mr. Undefeated himself, Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth, representing the Chipotle division, taking on his foe, the championship rival stretch. And Mr. Walker, I hardly know her, coming into this one at 5-1, and one, repping the Cadoba division. Civil war game indeed. Right. These guys have been roommates for a while. Watch the games together. Always an intense matchup for each of them. They still somehow participate hate each in. Other. Still somehow have a lot of angst. <laughs> still somehow always are playing each other in the championship. Uh, yeah, it, it was a good one. Stretch continues to not get uh, elite production from Josh Jacobs, though. Uh, mostly been a lot of floor games for him this season outside of weeks four and five, where he did have high teens and into the 20s as well with his point output. Sutton did well for him. Cortland Sutton, that is, 20 points. And Sam Laporta had 11 points, which we'll take from a tight end all day. That tight end day. might be one of the best picks of our rookie draft with Sam Laporta. Stretch really needed a tight end badly. What really hurt him, though, in this one was Keontae Ingram. I, I threw I threw up glaring. on the pod yesterday or last week because Keontae Ingram was in his lineup. I threw up into the mic. I had to get a new mic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was ugly. 
not getting a single touch in this one for a great goose egg in the flex spot and also getting some shade from Anthony, you know, saying that stretch was the pronounced Arizona Cardinals running back expert and can't even get it right, (laughs) which uh, was some juicy trash talk there. Consistency in the flex spots and at quarterback, I think will be an issue for stretch until he can get some guys healthy. Kyler Murray might be back as early as this week. Saw practice reports that he was practicing in full today, which is fantastic because I play stretch this week. So love that timing. Moving over to Anthony's side, Lamar Jackson was him on Sunday. Unbelievable. 39-point bomb that carried him along with solid performances from the likes of CMC and the lot really the, the schedule for Ramondre has softened in recent weeks and I think the point outputs have reflected that so it's nice to see him uh get some return on that trade he did with Tim where he let go of CD lamb before the season started really not much else though to report outside of you know Travis Kelsey just casually going off for 35 points which Casual. was huge I actually saw a short clip from the New Heights podcast that Travis and uh, Jason do yeah. together. And Travis Kelsey's stats when Taylor Swift is in the building is 99 yards a game receiving. When she's not at the building, 46 yards a game receiving. Which, uh, you know, there, there might be something to that. You got to so, show out for your girls, man. I get it. I get it. Yeah, Especially when yeah, you've got a girl that's like selling out football stadiums four times in four days. That's kind of a big deal. Yep, got a flex on him. So outside of uh, that, right, Kelsey and Lamar, not a lot of big-time performances. When you have two guys go off for, you know, 35 and basically 40 points, that will carry you through. Anthony is successfully riding out the storm of not having J.J. in his lineup, and he moves to 7-0 and in this one, not a blemish on his record. Final score was Anthony 150, stretch 92. Yeah, can we finally start clapping this guy with some L's while he has Justin Jefferson out, please? Like, he can't keep putting up 150 with his best player on the bench. And on top of that, he did all this with with Joe Mixon on by. Um, and uh, in Stretch's defense, he did have Adam Thielen, Garrett Wilson, um, and David Montgomery also out with injury. So... Uh, I think it was a missed opportunity for stretch a little bit. Anytime Anthony puts under 160, which is, is it's already tough to put up 150, but he just makes it look so easy. He's usually in the 160s. This is almost like a missed opportunity a little bit, but I won't get too frustrated with the villain of the earth because putting up 150 is tough to do. Let's move on to the next matchup. Aaron, we will stick with you, good sir, as we get to what we deemed the light skin bowl. And of course it was between Don and Njigba's in Paris representing the Chipotle division, taking on your boy team fair life coming into this one at four and two stunting the Chipotle division. And Chris, I got a question to ask you because I'm starting to get confused myself. Is often Kamara labeled wrong on sleeper. Like he's in as a running back, <laughs> but I mean, Given his stat lines the last few weeks, like doesn't make sense that he's a running back. 
14 I mean, this targets, dude got baby. 14 targets. We like it. 12 catches, 91 yards. That alone is just fantastic output in a PPR-driven league. And then you add on top of that 62 yards rushing. Almost gets 30 points. Looking like a really nice value that you got in the trade from stretch. and Fits your team perfectly. And Josh Allen... Just continuing to do Josh Allen things. I mean, even with a fumble and a fumble loss and a pick, still has twenty seven points. Josh Allen with all those, without all those little uh, little highlights. Let me just read you his stat line and tell me this isn't the most like chaotic Josh Allen stat line you could ever <laughs> like hear in your life. Two hundred sixty yards passing, two touchdowns, one two point conversion, one pick, seven carries, seventeen yards and a touchdown, one fumble, one fumble lost. I mean, he's he's one of the funnest players to watch in football, man. He's just. I agree. I agree. So taking a look at some of the other guys that you had out there, Michael Pittman had a decent performance. He's been a uh, chipping, tripping a little bit uh, when it comes to just, you know, the fact that he's not getting the ball as much as he likes and he's in a contract year. So he wants that money, needs those stats. TJ Hawkinson. I mean, the dude is just special, continues to get the volume that you would expect to see from him. Very consistent at the tight end spot. A couple of guys that are down, which, you know, I'll kind of like get your panic level since I have you live here. Uh, Calvin Ridley, 1 to 10. How are we feeling there? Uh, Seven. Okay. That's he, fair. He is now, he is now a uh, Gabe Davis 2.0 until f- yep. further further notice for me. Yep, and and his games where he spikes are it's very hard to really uh, predict those. Just like Gabe Davis, so and then Cooper Cup, uh, another uh, performance where he had six point nine. You would have expected a lot more his third game back. Where where are we at with him? That's a two. That's okay. fine. <laughs> yeah, just a dud game. He'll get it back put together. Up over twenty every game, like he has been the past sure. two years. So, sure, that's fair. So outside of some of those dud performances, he still put up a really respectable point total that beat pretty much everybody in the league, it looks like, uh, based off what you put up there. And then moving over to Don's side, it, it got ugly and, and stayed ugly, <laughs> which we kind of anticipated and expected, but Brock Purdy just did not play well against the Minnesota Vikings, only put up 15 points, which you know is not horrible but when you're playing a guy like chris and don doesn't have nearly the talent at especially running back you need brock purdy to step up more than he did and he just didn't do that justice hill antonio gibson combined for 10 points alave got targeted a ton 15 targets but only trans uh, translated to 12 Ayuk only had 10 really it just up and down the lineup, not enough here to to get it done. And I think the stack of Purdy and Ayuk was really crucial for him to be able to keep pace with Chris, but just didn't come to fruition the way that he probably wanted it to or thought it would against a Minnesota defense that's shown itself to be pretty vulnerable uh, to you know passing volume. So all in all, pretty disappointing week from Don. He moves to two and five with a final score of Chris 135 to Don's 82. 
Yeah, the only thing I'll add here is uh, Don was playing with Tony Pollard and Miles Sanders, his two starting running backs on by. So that means he had to throw in a five points from Justice Hill and a five points from Antonio Gibson. Which, which one could argue with Miles Sanders at least, would he have gotten very many additional points outside of yeah, what they would have. I think you play them over. You'd play him over. Both sure. Of those sure, guys, sure. Though. So yeah, that, that's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a thing. And then man, two more, I mentioned Rashi rice earlier, but this was the week of the rookie wide receivers, man. Jackson Smith and Jigba had a breakout ish game, I guess 16 points. Jordan Addison had a breakout game. God dang. Seven catches, 123 yards, two tutties. Did you guys see his second touchdown grab where he literally ripped it out of the hands of the defender. That was fun to watch. It was, it was totally a pick. Like Kirk Cousins threw it like way behind him and like in front of him. And Jordan Addison like reaches around the defender, rips it out, scores a tutty. That's what you like to see in your rookie wide receivers, baby. Anything else to add here, Tim, before we move on to the game of the week? Nothing here. Nice to see Kincaid with another Eight targets and 75 yards. That's another good one on the bench for you. It's his teams now. Move over, Dawson Knox. All right. So Don moves to two and five. Your boy improves to five and two. We have one game remaining, and you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, your game of the week was the first. Let him hear it. Win or go home of the year. Hayden comes into this one at three <clears throat> and three. I'm gonna start that over because the music was way too loud. <laughs> I gotta. It was. T- I was. I was trying to monitor it while doing it while doing the siren noise. It was too much. I gotta turn down a little bit. Who scored for the Bucks? Chris Godwin. Oh, let's sure. go! Tim I have to hear that. Another week. About dang time. Sorry about that. All right, and we will move on to our final game to review of the week, and y'all know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, your game of the week was the first. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Win or go home of the year. Hayden from the Chipotle division came into this one at three and three, hoping not to slip up in the playoff race, but he came against a one in five Tim and close, but no Jamar, who wasn't only starving, he wasn't only fiending, he was desperate for a W, ladies and gentlemen. And let me tell you, the league was starting to pick out caskets. We were starting to get our black suits fitted. We were going to inform Tim's loved one of his defeat because deep into the afternoon slate, Tim had as low as a 12% victory. And it looked as if another dominant Travis Etienne performance on Thursday night, a Jameer Gibbs breakout game, and a Puka Nakua blow up would be too much to overcome for Tim and close but no Jamar. But then in the fourth quarter of the games, Jalen Warren. <laughs> Touchdown, Isaiah Pacheco. Another touchdown on some of the final drives of the game gives Tim life heading into Sunday night football where Hayden touted out Jalen Waddle and Tua against Tim's lonely 
poor Jalen Hurts. The projections still all but guaranteed a Hayden victory. But then Hurts outscores both of them combined to get to give oh my goodness to give Tim a six point advantage heading into Monday night with only the 49ers defense to play the game is over right right Tim right it was over totally over maybe oh, oh, oh no way the Vikings offense without Justin Jefferson can beat the holy crap out of a lauded 49ers defense to the point where they score negative fantasy points right Tim right right yeah no but way it is the fourth quarter of Monday Night Football, and the Niners' defense drops into negative points, and they're falling. Negative one, negative two, negative three, <laughs> and the game may be heading to overtime. It would be a collapse for the ages from Tim, who is no stranger to epic collapses, but a loss. A Brock Purdy interception ends an absolute nail-biter in this league as Tim keeps his season alive by the final score of 120 to 117. Aaron Hunt, Tim lives to fight another day. Yep. I mean, it's pretty wild, honestly. I mean, pretty, pretty crazy to be completely blunt about it. It's just, I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. When you talk about just, Jalen Hurts and other guys just coming up for Tim, very clutch, getting those point totals that we would expect to see from them week in and week out. I mean, what a better time than, you know, now against Hayden when he has those breakout performances from guys like Jameer Gibbs, for example, and Travis Etienne, who's just been an absolute just menace, it seems like, week in and week out. Um, just really unbelievable. And just, I was kind of just laughing to myself whenever Tim was talking through or just, you know, saying I could not even like look at the TV. I was sweating for a half an hour. I didn't know it was happening until you said I didn't that. know either. And I was like, he, he Tim, brought my chill. attention to I'm it. Sure, you, I'm sure it was fine. And then I saw negative three. I would have been like, what a collapse, especially if that game would have went to overtime. Oh, I don't think I breathed for an hour. Oh, man. I mean, he, he pulled my attention to it and I was – I was sweating right there with him. Like, no way that this could happen to him, that another defense would have <laughs> resulted right. in a loss. <laughs> and San Francisco's, which is arguably yeah, one of I the know. best in the league. Uh-huh. It had to feel nice, too, to have Darren Waller perform. I think that was his best of the year by far, having 22.8. He's back. And he's back, baby. And uh, patchwork on some of the flex spots, just – Doing what you could to get a win, maybe a little bit of luck there with Bijan. What what happened on? Oh yeah, uh, just getting essentially saying yes or saying no to playing because of you know not feeling well. Touchdown, Dalton Kincaid. Is and, it? Uh, oh yeah, baby. Uh, ah, yeah. uh. there he is. <sighs> anyway, I will say, Tim, I'll let you jump in here, but yeah. I forgot to mention he also came in here. No Jamar Chase, no CD Lamb. We yep, had to start had Michael Wilson and Jalen Warren. <laughs> we, yep. we were we were like I said, the boys were starving this week. All right. Well, I've got a, a few stories behind this game, right? Real quick. This was my 
line in the sand game. If I lost, I was going to go full Winner fire go sale. go home, baby. I was going to go full fire sale and try to pack some 24 picks, some 25 picks, and just fully commit to a rebuild. Um, one. Two, the Bijan is absolutely insane. What like we there's still got to be some more findings to come out about that, but the fact that he was not listed as injured or anything, and then gets one carry late in the game for three yards. Three, Jalen Waddle went out in the first quarter of the Monday night game, and I this this is when I'm like, okay, I got this. He's not coming back. He came back in like the fourth quarter, and he had like one catch, I think, at the time. He came back and got five catches Jeez. for like fifty yards to like really make me sweat it out. Okay, but my favorite story behind the story this week. So Sunday night or Sunday day, it's a nice day outside. You know, little, little baby girl's asleep, so I'm doing some yard work trying to catch up. Completely oblivious to the games, not even really watching. It was winter, go home. I set my lineup. I was done. Bengals on by. I get it. Yeah, Bengals on by. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my stuff. So I come in, sit down, check on everybody. I sit in the in the nursing rocking chair. Look at sleeper. Look at the clock. It's 4.04. I'm not lying when I say it's 4.04 in the afternoon. I see DK Metcalf out. Oh, I had I, I thought he was playing. I had no eyes on it. I did not know that he was even like potentially missing. I set my lineup and I was done. 404, I see out. I panic. I click. I'm, I'm like trying to figure out. Like I miss hit like three times, like trying to get him moved <laughs> oh, out. My. He was a surprising I out. Click him, I click him and my I only like my only choice was Michael Wilson. At 404, the game started at 405. I was less than 60 seconds away from not getting those 5.6 points in my lineup, and I win by three. That's, I mean, oh man, season of poor luck for me for that to happen. I'm like, okay, okay, somebody's looking out for me because I, I, when I saw that at 404, I was, I, I don't even like just trying to recollect this. I'm like already shaking. I was so stressful trying to get, trying to get him swapped out at the last second. Wow, what a story! Those story behind the story are the best. Those are great. This is why you pay attention, folks, and not have <laughs> yeah. kids. Tim, I'm just kidding. No. Well, normally I would set an alarm for like three fifty, you know, okay. and just check yeah. before the game. This week I was, I was, you know, winner go home, set the lineup, forgot about it. I'm so lucky I checked when I did. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, uh, Tim obviously improves to two and five, keeps the season alive. Low key, a tough loss for Hayden there. Moves to three and four. You know, you got your Dons. You obviously have your Tims now. You got your Stevens. Like it's, I think it's going to be a little tougher to get into the playoffs, assuredly, for some of these people, like we thought before. You know, this week even started. So that's kind of a tough loss. Moving to three and four, he is absolutely still has a clear path to the playoffs. But moving down to three and four, especially in the Chidoba Chipotle, Chidoba, wow, that's a new one. The Chidoba Chipotle Classic. If you're from the Chipotle division, you got to get these dubs when you can. That was your week seven preview. I said it at the beginning. It's probably going to be in the title of the episode. We have a trade ring main card for you like we have almost never seen. Aaron, are you ready to enter the trade ring? Let's do it. 
the This League Trade Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second edition of the This League Trade Ring for the 2023 This League regular season. If this is your first time around here, how we do it, we have two teams enter. We say the players and then the people not involved in the trade will count down from three. We will say who wins, and the winner of that will be declared the winner. We do not only take into account win now or rebuild. We take into account at all the draft picks, whose draft pick was it, and all that jazz. Are you ready, Tim? Because it's me and you deciding the first fight. For sure. This is a juicy one. Let's get into this. We kind of hinted at it. Before we started the pod, but on Sunday morning, we had Aaron and Steven commence a trade. Everybody was thinking, you know, hey, Steven, he's got Diggs and he's got A.J. Brown. No running backs. Is he rebuilding? We don't really know. He's overperforming. What's the move here? Well, we'd set, we'd, uh, we found out very quickly. Aaron receives Mr. Stephon Diggs. And a 2024 second, which is Steven's 2024 second. So you can expect that to be early to mid in all likelihood. And what does Steven receive for trading away Mr. Diggs? He receives T. Higgins, the wide receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals, a 2024 first rounder from Aaron and a 2025 third rounder from Aaron. So again, Aaron receives Stephon Diggs in a second Steven receives T. Higgins, a first and a third. Aaron, will you count Tim and I down? I will. Here we go. Three, Let's get it. Two, one. Steven. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, man. Come on. Okay, I'll commit. I'll commit. I'll commit. I'll go. I'll go Steven in, in the trade winner. Steven. Locked in. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a knockout victory for Tim and Mount Passmore taking home the dub. Um, Tim, I'll start with you. You were you were in the middle, and I agree. It is a close trade. It's definitely not a knockout by any means like I feel like the next one is. But we will start with you, Tim. Uh, what made you lean Steven here? Yeah, so I, this is close because I love it when teams decide what they want to do. Me too. For for both sides, I love I like what each one did here. Um, the deciding factor that puts me over the edge a little bit um, is the fact that Aaron was already what top two team in the league. Easy, yeah. I don't know that he needed another piece. And while you know the rich get richer. You're all you're gonna play digs every week. He's a stud in that lineup now. Um, just a, accounting the package as a whole, I just I'll slightly give it to Steven, but also I you know slap on the wrist for how do you also give up your 24 second? That that part I'm like you know go Aaron for negotiating right, that. Right. In, that's, that's not nothing. Um, but like I said, I, I love both teams. You know, deciding one way or the other how they're gonna approach it. Um, and so I, I really do like it for both teams. Yeah, because I know Aaron and conversations we've had. You were, I think, you guys were considering just a digs for Higgins swap, just just swap them, which I probably that would have made it tougher for me because obviously Stephen rebuilding Higgins is what 
six years younger, five yeah. years younger, significantly like younger, significantly yeah. younger. Yeah. So I would have had a hard time. Really, what swings it for me is that twenty-four first. Now, granted, I know if Aaron wins the nut, that's going to be the one ten, and in yep. all likelihood, Aaron gets the two four or something like that. So that really wouldn't be a really big swing. Um, if it was like a second, third round swap, I feel like the more later you get into drafts, the more the positions don't really matter as much. But I feel like a first round talent versus a second round talent is enough of a difference for me to kind of lean the side that decided to rebuild, got the younger player. And for me, I, I kind of feel like almost Steven bought low here as well. T. Higgins has not been healthy. The two weeks he was healthy, Joe Burrow wasn't healthy, and he kind of had that sweet spot. I think it was week three where, you know, Joe Burrow was getting healthy, T. Higgins was healthy, and he popped off. So I think way brighter days are ahead for T. Higgins. I still view him, especially if everybody's healthy, as like a the highest end wide receiver two you can get. So um, I think Steven got a really good piece and got a first out of it for somebody who has a max, I think, two years left of elite talent. But in Aaron's defense, again, I mean, you got a guy that's not leaving your roster. When you have a team that looks like that, that's what you're trading for is somebody not like a little depth piece. That's going to be good for you. Like somebody who's not going to leave superstar your roster. Yep. So, uh, Aaron, we think it's close. We give the edge to Steven. What was the background here? Yeah. Well, first of all, I will say, I think it's a fair trade, like right down the middle in my mind. And I even like trade calculators that I inputted this in, they were like, this is a fair trade. So I honestly believe it does two things. Well, for, for both of us, it does it does something. For me, it allows me to compete this year for the nut. And for Steven, he can, you know, really be able to um just plan for the future. And I think he had to make a move like this because his team without the running backs, without some of the positional value in other spots, he just wasn't gonna go anywhere. So kudos to him for understanding that. Really, the reason that I did this trade was because I don't have time for T Higgins to figure it out. I cannot really lose many more games if I want to have that first round buy with Anthony being seven and zero. and that first round buy matters so much because if you don't get that first round buy and you have to be the second seed going up against the third seed or somebody who is just still really talented and has a lot of really nice pieces. I mean, you know, perhaps if I'm the second seed, or, you know, sorry, if, if I don't get that first round by and I'm the third seed and, you know, having to go up against a stretch who maybe has a great game, it just, the, you want to try to take the variability out of the playoffs as much as you can. And so I just really wanted a guy that I could plug in and not have the volatility that I felt like I would have with T Higgins. I felt like my team is already old. So might as well, I'm going <laughs> to have to blow it up probably. Yeah. <laughs> I might, I'm going to have to blow it up in a year or two anyway. So get the wide receiver two on the year and he can cover a guy that maybe doesn't perform the way I want it or expect. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if Devonte in the playoffs goes for seven points and I've gotten burned by that, by the way, in the past, you know, Stefan can pick up that and get a 25 or 30. And if Devonte goes for a 30 and Stefan goes for a seven, like I'm fine. So honestly, so, it's, it kind of sounds like this trade was for the buy more so than, you know, trying to compete necessarily. Like buy and buy. playoffs. Okay. Yeah. To, to just try and really ensure that I can win the nut this year. Like if I don't win the nut, I bust. 
That's the bottom line. <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> sorry, I did not even, I didn't put that together. No, no, we'll leave, we'll leave it there. If you thought that trade was big, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion anyway, the next one is big. And I'll tell you this, Tim is not going to give his opinion on this one till the very end because he was involved in this trade, ladies and gentlemen. And we have Steven in back-to-back bouts. He gets the first knockout. Can he make it 2-0? It was between Tim. It was between Steven. You guys did this on what? Tuesday? Tuesday morning? Tuesday afternoon? Something like that? So right after the week, right after A.J. Brown had a God performance, he Steven decides to deal him. He decides to move off of A.J. Brown. Tim receives, Mr. A.J. Brown, a 2025 third-round pick, which is Stevens, a 2026 first-round pick, which is Steven, and a 2026 third-round pick, which also belongs to Steven. So A.J. Brown, two-thirds, and a first. Surely, surely if Steven is moving a first and A.J. Brown, he better be getting a haul. Steven receives D.K. Metcalf, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, a 2024 first-round pick, but not any 2024 first-round pick, ladies and gentlemen. That first-round pick belongs to Clayton and the Red Rockets. Somebody, you got to think, has a pretty good shot of getting that 101-102. Guarantee. There, there's, there is a very good chance that is one of the earliest first-round picks in 2024, and also a 2025 second-round pick, which belongs to Tim. So one more time, Tim gets A.J. Brown, 2026 first and two-thirds, Steven gets DK Metcalf, a nice 2024 first, and a 2025 second. Aaron, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right, Tim, count us down. Okay. Three, two, one. Tim, 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 Tim. Tim. I don't know how many times I have to say Tim. Tim by a... I want to be nice. (laughs) Tim by a good margin. Ooh. gets a knockout victory there. I'll start. What the hell is the 2026 first doing here? What? How did it get here? It's like a polar bear in Texas. What are What are we doing? Like, I saw that, and I, was, I immediately thought, like, A.J. Brown two-thirds, Metcalf first, second. That sounds good because A.J. Brown is so young. He is so dominant. He is, like, I think three years younger than Stephon Diggs is. So I'm like, he should go for more than Stephon Diggs. And you somehow also swing a first? What is that doing there? And I understand Clayton's first, potentially Marvin Harrison Jr., the best wide receiver prospect we've seen since Jamar Chase. I understand that. But, like, brother, A.J. Brown is him he is unmistakably him this year. He is currently the wide receiver three, and that's after having kind of two crummy games to start the year. He is uh he has finished since week two, 11, 1, 13, 7, and 2. This guy is going to absolutely propel Tim's team into an elite conversation, in my opinion. And we might touch on that more in the previews coming up here. But like I, I I just don't understand how he got AJ Brown and a first. I don't get it. That's what easily swings it for me. Aaron, I'll let you give your opinion. Yeah, I go Tim for a lot of the same reasons that you pointed out. The 2026 first really does stick out to What's me. What's he doing there? As it just it's awkward because it's like <laughs> it's awkward. the trade sh- <laughs> the trade should just not have that. 
And I'm also going to give it to Tim because I just don't understand the trade, period. Had I even known that A.J. Brown was available, like I would have went after A.J. Brown as opposed to Stephon Diggs, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I love the fact that I have Stephon Diggs, but A.J. Brown's 26 years old. Like, no, that is sorry, a cornerstone. Sorry, Aaron. He would have required Steven giving you another first. I know you probably wouldn't have accepted that. I mean, you know, that would have been tough to, to I know, accept. I know, right. I know. But, uh, but yeah, so for Steven and a guy that is going to be entering a rebuild, like A.J. Brown is the perfect cornerstone piece to build around. And then you just got T. Higgins from me, who's a great wide receiver too. D.K. Metcalf is also like a mid wide receiver too in my mind. Like definitely still young, definitely still has promise, but not the caliber of A.J. Brown by any means. And yeah, Clayton's first is great, but what if you don't get Marvin Harrison Jr.? There's a possibility that that you get the 104. Marvin Harrison's gone. Caleb Williams is gone. Probably the best running back of the class is gone. So then at four, who are you picking? And that's not a guarantee that that person, if it is a receiver, is going to hit. So I... I'm just I'm picking Tim because honestly I just don't understand why you trade AJ Brown, why you make this trade to begin with, and maybe Tim can shed some light on further context on how it went down. Man, so I planted seeds for this trade back in French Lake, Indiana, when we had our <laughs> rookie draft, and That's we're all about, together man. hanging. I I have been after him. I want that stack. You know, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown's stack is worth a lot. All along, Steven was saying, you know, it's going to take Clayton's first and D.K. Metcalf straight up. And I, I consistently said no. Every two or three weeks, I'd bring it up, in, you know, trade talks, and it would be the same thing, and I'd say no. Tuesday night rolls around. You know, I, I just come off this like thrilling victory and I go, hey, man, what's it take to get A.J. Brown on my team tonight? You you said I, I'm on a high. Let's freaking do this. I'm coming. I, I was on such a high. I was like, I, I was like the Them boys coming like in the Rams after them picks, man. Like, I don't need them. Um, and he threw in he, he brought to the table that 26 first. I didn't have to ask for it. Why? Why? It, the you know <laughs> i think this the months of those seeds planted and i i always said that i'm not i would i would do dk or clayton's pick as like the building piece for this trade so once he said both but then also was going to give a future pick i was like you know what 2026 rebuild sounds fine That's if i saying. need it um and I, I really made the move because i'm on that high you know going from dk metcalf who it's been four years since he was a wide receiver one. He's he's been a high end wide receiver, mid wide receiver two. Uh, but Geno Smith, I, I just got tired of watching him throw DK the ball. Like they just don't do it <laughs> enough. And AJ Brown, that stack, he's elite. He's you know, they're I think he's three months older than DK Metcalf. Uh-huh. It was something that I've I've been yearning for this trade for the better part of over over half a year now. That's fair. That's fair. I will say, in Steven's defense now, he now owns three first-round picks next year, one of yep. them being Zach's, 
one of them being Clayton's. Two, two of those. Yeah, he's got two he's top got four two picks. Lot, and that's, lottery picks right there. That's fantastic for sure. So I mean, that does make his odds of getting Marvin Harrison. So essentially, like if he does get Marvin Harrison Jr., I will feel better about this trade. I still think Tim wins. Same, me too. But I think it hinges a lot on how I view this if he gets Marvin Harrison Jr. I had to come to the terms with that because all year long I've been like, this is my Marvin Harrison Jr. pick. Well, it's not guaranteed. And even if I could get him, what if he goes to the Chicago Bears? (laughs) It's got landing spots still matters. Like they still got to perform at the NFL level. So I I just was like, you know what? Don't need those picks. Yeah. Well, Tim, uh, on behalf of Team Fairlife, I hope the person you traded your Marvin Harrison Jr. ticket for doesn't blow out his knee in two weeks. So, onward. The This League Guarantee. We're going to start calling this the This League Fade and T. Yeah. <laughs> Brother. Aaron, I talked about how we were hot. We both missed last week. <laughs> Man, yeah, we those, sucked. Those, Mine's <laughs> terrible. You know, and I, I actually follow a lot of people on Twitter that are just known as fade gods. They're like, I'm so bad at betting. Just fade me. And people do, and they actually make a lot of money. So if that's the way we make you guys money, then fine. Let's start this week. Fade the crap out of this. It's going to be plus 508 this week. So just fade us like crazy, and you'll probably make some money. Tim, I'll start with you. What is your guarantee this week? Hopping back into the gambling ring here, my guarantee is going to be the Atlanta Falcons money line. Money. At Tennessee. Tennessee is going to be starting Will Levis and Manorama. Yeah, Rabel says they're both. Will Levis. And just get, give me the other team. Anytime a rookie quarterback has to come in midseason off an injury, like it wasn't like it was planned or anything, like just give me the other team money line straight up. Uh, Tennessee's defense is good enough, and Atlanta's Falcons' offense is like, uh, you know, just wild enough and kind of turnover prone at times that I was like, I want, didn't quite want the points, but give me the money line. That makes sense to me. Um, I am going with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, minus seven, against the Denver Broncos. This is the same Chiefs team that just beat Denver by 11, right? Like, literally, like, two weeks ago. And that was one of, like, the worst performances Patrick Mahomes, like, ever had in his very illustrious career, right? Like, is that, is that what, am I remembering that correctly? So the likelihood that they beat them by, I don't know, 10, 9, 8, it's pretty high. That's what I'm 30. going with. Yeah, 30 <laughs> might be a pretty good, pretty good thing. Um, I should have looked up if Taylor Swift's going to be at this game because if so, I would just do an alternate spread to minus 10 or something. Um, I think the Chiefs <laughs> win this game. The Broncos are a shambles. Sean Payton stinks. I just don't like Sean Payton. Andy Reid does not stink. So Chiefs minus seven is what I'm going with. Aaron, finish off the guarantee. I like both of your guys' to finish off the parlay. I am going with the New Orleans Saints versus Indianapolis Colts over 43 and a half. Cold, minus cold 110 Colts. odds. Five of seven weeks, guys. In the Colts games, the over is hit. 
I like Colts it. have been severely underrated on what they can do on offense under Gardner Minshew. They just torched the Browns for over 30 points, and the Saints are definitely not as good as the Browns defensively. Look for the Colts secondary to you know also give up some big plays. Unfortunately, being a Colts fan, you know where some of the weaknesses are, and our secondary hasn't been the best this year. So I could see Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid uh, going to maybe have some big plays in the back end and really juice up that overall point total for the game. So I think you smash this one, ride the hot wave. That is Colts games hitting the over. I think, I think uh, Alvin Kamara is going to have 16 catches this week. (laughs) I will say on the Colts though, if there's one thing we know from this season, Shane Steichen's that guy. Can you believe that? He's good. We're the only roster with Gardner Minshew. That has scored over 20 points in every game this year. In case you didn't know that. The only team left that's done that. So, shout out Shane Steichen, baby. Finally, maybe the Colts can have something nice. Let's go talk about some Week 8 football. Maybe. We welcome back the Carolina Panthers, Cincinnati Bengals, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, New York Jets, and Tennessee Titans, and we hit the hey, hey, bye, bye, bye to nobody. No buys this week. NFL, what are we doing? I don't really know what we're doing, but hey, I'm not Roger Goodell. I'm not making millions upon millions of dollars just to piss people off, but hey, I would. I would if they offered me that job. Quick pick'ems update for you. Tim still with a pretty good lead coming into week eight at 29-6. and six. Aaron went two and three last week at twenty pretty bad seven pretty bad performance. Or excuse me, twenty four and eleven coming into this one. And I told you at the beginning, we had three different sets of opinions, which means I went five and zero last week. Second straight week going five and zero, but I'm still behind Tim by two games coming into this one at twenty seven and eight. Chipotle Cadoba Classic. It is now seven three in favor of Chipotle. Like I said, I think that uh, Zach over Clayton victory. Made that look respectable. We will start with Mr. Zach and Brees Lightning representing the Cadoba division. Ugh. He has a hill to climb. He's taking on Mr. Undefeated. Anthony repping the Chipotle division coming into this one at 7-0. and oh. And Sleeper has Anthony with a 62% chance of victory in this one. Anthony, of course, will be riding the backs of his usual crew. In Lamar Jackson, CMC, and Travis Kelsey, yep. all of those guys continuously perform week in and week out. Keenan Allen, or Keenan Allen, sorry, had a sluggish week seven, but might be able to exploit the Bears secondary in week eight. They're a very exploitable defense. Amari Cooper could again though be in some trouble with Deshaun Watson, again, not playing, even though he's been cleared by his team doctors. Very odd that he continues, yeah, to continue to choose willingly to just not play. Um, And I like the move on Anthony's part to start Joe Mixon. He might only get you roughly 10 points, give or take, but he's not going to be a guy that will completely bust, unlike guys like Jerry Judy. So maybe Anthony did listen to the pod and was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should get Jerry Judy out. Get this bum off my roster. Right, exactly. 
Zay Flowers going to be deployed at the flex spot, so he'll get that Flowers-Jackson stack. I think that could be out to play in full force against Arizona. Probably. I like it a lot. I would also like to see Ramondre have another solid outing, and I think the Pats will definitely need offense against Miami, so look to maybe see Ramondre continue to you know, uh, feed off that momentum that he's had in recent weeks. And then switching over to Zaxon, you love getting Brees Hall back, and he should dominate his matchup against the Giants. That looks like a matchup that he can really exploit, yeah. and maybe he can break off another 75-yarder that he's so accustomed I th- to doing. I think Zach's actually got a shot in this game if Brees Hall goes for 30 or something like that. Just something to kind of try to match McCaffrey here. Exactly, exactly. Deontay Johnson... Uh, returned from IR, but as of today, I saw a report that he had a DNP. Uh, so I don't know what happened there. Maybe he suffered a setback in his recovery back from a hamstring injury, which you don't love to see that if you're Zach. But outside of that, it looks like his receiver core is just being bolstered with the play of Rasheed Rice mm-hmm. and Josh Downs. How about it? Those that's are a, looking like that's a cute little stack there. Yeah, looking like nice flex flex pieces both now and in the future for Zach. So you love to see that for him. I think Brees Lightning, unlike previous weeks, I think he can easily clear 100 points even if Deontay is out. Aaron, Aaron. I think he can. You're not escaping me. When I put my pickums in, I saw Zach's name here on your thing. I don't know how that got. Don't there. no, re- don't you lie to me, dude. I swear. <laughs> there man, was I, Zach's name. I was like, Aaron is picking Zach, and I love it. I'm not, but I, <laughs> I, I no, saw. I, it. I don't know how that was uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. To be honest, yeah, I, I can't pick Zach. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. If it was maybe another team in the league that wasn't Anthony, who's a top tier team. You know, I could see myself maybe trying to pick Zach in the upset, but I think there's just way too much firepower on Anthony's side. I think if he just rolled out Lamar Jackson, CMC on Kelsey versus Zach's entire lineup, he might still win. So make up ground in the pick him somehow. That is true. You you had it. You had it. Come on. Go with your gut. I know. Go with Zach. I know. Come on. I know. I think Anthony will will stay undefeated. All right. Perhaps there's some reverse psychology there, you know. Maybe I maybe I really want Anthony to lose, so you never know. Yeah, I'm going with Anthony. It really wasn't that hard for me. <laughs> Tim, what about you? Yep, same. <laughs> All right. Uh let's go on to the next matchup. This is a this is a fun one. I like this one a lot. We have Aaron and Let Russ Microwave representing the Chipotle division coming in at five and two, taking on stretch. Mr. Five and two, but don't look now. Two-game losing streak. It was just two weeks ago when Stretch was 5-0. and um, Oh, what was that? Stretch is on a, a losing streak? A, a two-game losing streak? Well, how could that be? I don't I don't know. Wait, what is that? Oh, my God. I, I pressed the button. I'm so sorry. God, just, I, I never want to celebrate losing streaks. Ever. I, Tim, did you put this song on? I don't know where it came from. Maybe. Too nice. Anyway, stretch two-game losing streak because he sucks. He's 5-2, and and guess what? He's probably going to lose this game as well. 
as of right now. Granted, with Thursday Night Football starting, Aaron has a 78% chance of victory. I want to say it was around 65% before the game started. Um, And you also have to take into account that Kyler Murray, currently in uh, Steven Stretch's starting lineup, that might just be wishful thinking because Sleeper currently doesn't have a projection for him. He was off of the injury report, not necessarily sure if that means he's going to play but still that has to be good news for stretch going forward if he doesn't he'll probably have to settle for Sam Howell against Philly so I think we know (laughs) which one stretch is wanting to see play Um, another highlight for stretch aside he's currently rolling out Zach Charbonnet Ken Walker did not practice on Thursday so finally it's looking that looking like that Zach Sharpen, a draft pick, may be able to come to fruition and come in clutch here for stretch. Going down the line, Mike Evans, we are in the third quarter, currently only has one catch for seven yards, so uh, that's not looking fantastic. He welcomes back old man Thielen as well as Sam Laporte God, gets back into his tight end spot. And, man, imagine, imagine if you're stretch at the beginning of the year and I say, hey, by week seven, Garrett Wilson is the wide receiver 31, and Devonta Smith is the wide receiver 29. That stinks. Gross. <laughs> Touchdown, Gabe Davis. Oh, baby. And did you see Dalton Kincaid scored earlier? I did. Dude, he's freaking balling, man. Anyway, um, that is that is disappointing for Stretch. Obviously, there are circumstances behind both of these guys, Garrett Wilson losing a starting quarterback, Devonta Smith just not being A.J. Brown. So that is too bad for him. Uh, David Montgomery looks likely to be out again. We already mentioned Ken Walker. So no real huge lineup decisions for stretch here. When you look at Aaron's side, Stephon Diggs, also in this game, three catches for 29 yards, his new toy, which not terrible, but you expect certainly expect better from him. But when I mean, when you look up and down his lineup, not, not even like a sniff of a hole in his lineup. Saquon and Eckler at running backs, Tyreek Hill, St. Brown, and Devontae Adams in his flex with Mark Andrews. I mean, I guess you could say a hole is Trevor Lawrence. Maybe that's something that will forever plague Aaron. It's just not being able to find, you know, that explosive quarterback that could really propel him to just being an absolute force. No real no real lineup decisions on Aaron's side either. I mean, you could maybe argue a Raheem Mostert over a Devontae Adams or something like that. But I understand him wanting to play it more safe. And Devontae Adams gets Detroit. So that should be a fun game sleeper thinks Aaron takes this one pretty easily I am oh no I am rolling stretch I'm rolling stretch here um and I think I'm rolling stretch because I said quote I like the vibes of stretch in this matchup no real analysis there I'm just rolling with stretch I think he's gonna have one of those games you know he kind of really well prepared with Zach Charbonnet um and Adam Thielen coming back so I'm rolling with Stretch. I'll probably be wrong, but I haven't been the past two weeks. Go Stretch. Yeah, I'm taking Aaron pretty easily here. (laughs) Um, If you're the Cardinals, I don't know how you bring Kyler Murray back off ACL against the Baltimore Ravens defense. And then the Cleveland Browns defense the week after. Like, Just give them a toss-up and hold them out two more weeks for an Atlanta Falcons game. You know, like... If they roll him out against the Ravens this week, I'd be shocked. How could you pick Stretch, your arch nemesis, to beat me? Come on. Unbelievable. 
I, it's it's a choice between my arch nemesis or somebody who I want to take over in the Chipotle division. So I'm kind of leaning one side or the other. And also, another reason why I might pick Stretch, Saquon Barkley, running back 22, Austin Eckler, running back 44. What's your panic level, especially on Eckler, I think? When even since he's come back, I mean, I know he's been a squeaky wheel a little bit, but he just has not looked good. Are you still okay? Are you still like top five running back mindset with him? Yeah, I might like a two. I All think right. he gets it together. He's been hurt. It's hard to come back from high ankle sprains. And I think the tweak that he had was just rust from not playing for a little while. So I'm not worried about him. I know he's going to get the volume. He also was, uh, you know, creating a little bit of a stir of like, you know, hey, I need more volume. I need to be put in positions this week to, you know, be able to get some stats and really help out the team. So I'm not worried as of yet. And, you know, if it turns out he's not, then I do have a temporary pivot until maybe he gets his act together and Raheem Mostert. So there you go. Uh, I, let's just say I wouldn't be surprised if Stretch pulls it out, which is why I'm going with him. Maybe give a little edge on the pickums. I'm sticking with the matchups here as we move on. To the next one, it is Dawn and Njigba's in Paris coming to this one at 2-5, and five, taking on Hayden and to Infinity and Bijan at 3-4. and four. Both teams coming off losses. Both teams really wanting to get it going. Sleeper giving Hayden a nice 62% chance of victory. And guys, I was thinking about it. I was considerate. My finger is like hovering over the winner go home siren for Dawn right now. I want to press it especially with Tim seemingly coming on. He adds it to his team, makes it even stronger. And this is a big game against Hayden, somebody who may be considered his direct rival for what might not, what might be that last playoff spot. But I'm not. I want to I save that for big advantage. I want to save that for big deals. Um, although I do agree with Sleeper that I think there is a high likelihood of victory for Hayden. I think that's justified because I think he has the advantage in just about each and every position on the board outside of maybe tight ends, which is fun. I mean, Luke Musgrave versus Michael Mayer, two tight ends, rookies who have flashed, but just not a very practical decision when it comes to wanting to win fantasy football games. So they'll probably cancel each other out. But like I said, that's fun to see. Two of them hoping to see their rookie tight ends start producing on a more consistent basis. And really what makes this game even easier to break down for me is there's not really any huge lineup decisions for either side. I mean, for Don, you can try and tail the breakout-ish performance from Jackson Smith and Jigba over maybe like a Hollywood Brown against a tough Baltimore defense or something like that. Or for Hayden, I mean, you're not really considering Christian Watson at this point, who's been kind of disappointing the weeks he's returned. Is that a Christian Watson problem? Is that a Jordan Love problem? The world may never know. And Debo has already been ruled out. So there's really nobody you're considering starting over a Jameer Gibbs or a Jalen Waddle at this point. So ultimately, I'm going to take the Patrick Mahomes, Travis Etienne, Bijan Robinson, and Puka Nakua over the Brock Purdy, Miles Sanders, Chris Olave, Hollywood Brown. I'd be shocked if Hayden doesn't come out with a W here. I'm taking Hayden. I am also taking Hayden. I think that honestly, there's just way too much on his end that he has going for him as opposed to Don. You were talking about the vibes for stretch being high. I think the vibes for Don are very low. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as low as they can go. And I think, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, 
you want to try to see him, like you said, just continue that momentum that he had from last week. But yeah, I just don't like some of the matchups that he has. Tony Pollard isn't really who we thought he was going to be this year, given just some of the outputs that he's had. So I like Hayden pretty easily in this one. Yeah, I'm taking Hayden as well. Don averaging 99 points on the year. Um, and if you take out his 130-point performance against me, where he won, uh, we're down to 94 points average per game. Yeah, not great there. Not great there. Let's get on to our next matchup. It is between Mr. Tim, Mr. Rejuvenated, Mr. Reloaded, close but no Jamar, taking on what's probably considered a pretty good punching bag for his new toys, in all honesty. Clayton and the Red Rocket. Tim coming into this one at 2-5. and five. Clayton coming into this one at 1-6. and six. Two teams with pretty abysmal records, but the vibes probably could not be any more different. Yeah, and Sleeper agrees with your assessment and has Tim with a 69% chance of victory uh-huh. in this one. Then us. Yeah, Tim... The storyline here gets to deploy AJ Brown. Here we somebody go. Somebody that should feast in this game. And that stack is going to be lethal rest of season. I don't like that. I think this I think this starts a win streak for Tim, especially given the trade and just some of the matchups that he has. It has to be a relief to play somebody like Clayton after some of the gauntlet that he has had to go through to get to this point. That win last week cannot have come at a better time. You can still recover from a one and five start. So I think this continues his recovery to playoff contention. Some of the questions I do have, though, is can Jamar Chase get back to his old ways? I know the 49ers D didn't really show out against the Vikings, but might be tough against them, even though they will be at home. Darren Waller and Aaron Jones both have been injured. Will they be full strength by Sunday as a storyline to watch? Last I saw was Aaron Jones was limited doing individual drills today. Darren Waller wasn't – I didn't see if he practiced or not, but yesterday he definitely was limited. So something to watch there. I think CeeDee Lamb's overdue for a ceiling game. Yeah, let's start. Like, let's start like get me a here, Get me a 30-point-plus right. game, something that – we're used to seeing every now and then from CD. JT and Pacheco, I think, could both have big days for Tim. I think they're both top 10 plays of position this week. I expect them to combine for 40. It's I the, say that it's pretty. the Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss Super Bowl. Right. Well, and then <laughs> you the got Pacheco. From. You got Pacheco up against uh, the Denver Broncos D, which he carved up last time they played. So while there are questions, like I mentioned, looming on Tim's side, there are uh, less questions on Clayton's, but just far less talent overall. Uh, to beat Tim, I think he's going to need Drake London and Nico Collins to score a bunch of points, probably you know 25-plus from each of them. And for his flex guys, I think they have to show out in ways that they just haven't previously. Yeah, that's that's where this gets a little ugly for me. Because you look at everything above the flex, and it's like, I could see it. You know, if I right. squint, when I get down there, it's like I just get totally blackout. I can't see it anymore. <laughs> right, right. 
And then, you know, Joe Burrow, also to Clayton's credit, he could cancel out some of Chase's production in some ways. You know, if Chase gets three touchdowns, Clay gets those three right back. So that is a feather to his cap. And if Cole Komet can score, I think he might be in for a good day, um, you know, with, with Bajan at the helm. I think that can make things pretty interesting. You know, if Komet scores once and maybe if he does twice, you know, in some – somehow which would be a miracle i think with that backup quarterback uh on sunday night football but not out of the realm of possibility so at the end of the day i'm gonna take the chalk i'm gonna pick tim in this one because on paper clayton's just simply overmatched but there's some sneaky upside that might create some fits for tim to get that uh third win in the season i also have my eyes on roshan johnson this week i will throw that out there it could be Starting to see the transition potentially, so keep an eye out that on that. Uh, on that note, though, I am also taking Tim fairly easily. Taking myself in this one to get a little win streak going, um, but definitely not overlooking the opponent. I think that the guy that scares me and like definitely has a little fear in me um, because it's either going to go one way or the other, and that's Damian Pierce. If he is anything of relevance. He should feast against the Carolina defense. He like I'm talking like potentially 30 points. Yeah, it's like it, I can I can see him averaging his usual three yards a carry, but I can see 25 carries and three tutties. Yeah, exactly. And, and if he's not, and it continues to be a more 50-50 split with Singletary, then you know then he's toast. So that that's one guy I've got my eye on uh, watching Clayton's team. And there you have it. We have one final game remaining, which, of course, you know, makes that the match up to watch. Mr. Tim, take it away. We have two teams that, you know, by golly, after all we talked about in the trade ring, officially headed in the opposite direction after this past week. You know, arguably before we would have said two teams aiming for the playoffs, but Mountain Passmore, I think, officially punting on the season um, and heading for some high draft picks as their target. Thank you, Stephen. Yep. Chris, before the game, which also, real quick shout out, Aaron. Thanks for keeping digs off of Chris's team for the stack. You know, oh, that, man. That was a nice, nice thing I meant to oh. mention earlier. Um, before the game started, Chris had a 59% chance of victory. And as we sit here right now, uh, that is 71 as Josh Allen. So, uh, that's 29 hooking. 29 points. Hooking. Just carving up the Buccaneers defense. So already getting tons of points over there. Whereas the fighting Latavius Murray God. and Williams are just plugging <laughs> away. The fighting Latavius Murray's. Four carries oh, for six. Oh, no. Um, not doing much for Steven over there. So um, Steven's going to you know roll out the new toys himself. He's got Higgins in the lineup who should be back healthy after a bye week and you know dealing with the rib issue. DK sat out last week. Uh, he should be back playing healthy. A little tougher matchup there against Cleveland. Um, but, you know, it, it's got to feel nice to get those guys right into the lineup and have those 24 first sitting in your pocket. Um, yeah, Chris's side, you know, Josh Allen's doing it. Kamara's a stud. 
DeAndre Swift looking good. Addison, I think, is going to be mm, yummy. I mean, we he did it amazingly one week. So, but I mean, I think it's safe to say high wide receiver two upside for as long as Jefferson's out. I agree. Um, Pittman, you know, how do you feel about Pittman? He had the seventy-five yard touchdown at the end of the game, but otherwise would have had a what one for five or something like that. I mean. Literally, for the past three games, he has had, like, zero points for three quarters. Like, it's like the Colts realize, like, oh, my God, we need to go score points. Let's just throw it to our best receiver. And he has, like, nine targets in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, as as long as he keeps producing, though, I mean, he's the heart and soul of the team. And, yeah, I am taking that into account. (laughs) I feel like any time I bench Michael Pittman, I lose. Like, it never fails. So, got to start pity. Yeah, well, you know, Gabe Davis has 22 on the bench and Kincaid yeah, with 16 on the yeah, bench. Yeah, could have just rolled out the Bills' offense tonight and I probably know. won the. Um, yeah, because Stephon Diggs is a bum. Yeah. <laughs> All right, quick, quick pulse on Steven rest of season. Yeah, he racked up four early season wins. We've already talked about his trades and his running backs. Is there any fighting chance in any way hell could freeze over and you can see him sneak into the playoffs? Or what are you guys thinking for rest of season expectations? I I think he's still in it just because Hayden hasn't proved he can win consistently. And Tim, like we just got done, you know, loving you, but you are two and five. So I think there's a shot. There's a shot that if things don't go as we think there is, you know, he's four and three. That's healthy. He is in the Kadobo division. So, you know, he gets to play um, Zach again. He gets to play Don again. So I think there's a shot. Aaron? I don't have anything to add. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're, I'm taking Chris pretty easily in this one. I think that's definitely the, the chalk pick for the week. I will be taking me as well. Aaron, uh, I, I feel like you've like turned Chris. off. <laughs> just like, Sorry, I, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked into the game, man. <laughs> Stefan Diggs is not doing crap right you now, and sure I need him to do stuff. Isn't I also have bets on Stefan Diggs? How Sorry, you, how do you I'll, feel I'll, about him being the third option in the tar- in the offense now? As of oh, today. It's, pissing, it's pissing me off that the game plan has not been him more nice tonight. What'd you say? The Khalil Shakir is looking nice. Yeah. Oh, did I say third yeah. target? I meant who, fourth target. I'm sorry. Who Who is that? I forgot. Right? Khalil so. Shakir. Gosh. All right. Well, that is your week eight preview. I always freaking forget to say it, but www.thisleaguepod.com is where you can go follow along with us as we break down these matchups. You can look at the up-to-the-minute changes. You can also go there to see the trades for yourself, the waiver wire transactions, all that good stuff at www.thisleaguepod.com. Let us sign off. Broncos country. Let's run. If you so kindly could, you could comment on this. Leave a nice comment. You can leave us a nice rating or a mean rating. But my rule is if you leave a mean rating, you better comment. That's all I'm saying. And you could, as always, share us with your friends and just annihilate the like button like Josh Allen is doing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense right now. Just just run a touchdown in and throw two touchdowns on it right on the like button. Love to see it. Yeah, that sounds great. You might as well just do that for every week. I know. Might as well. It's Josh Allen. And just don't throw to Stephon Diggs. Cherry on top.
Shut up. <laughs> Please throw to Stefan Diggs and also just click that bu- that button, man. Just That's all you got to do. Click the like button. Um, Yeah, week eight, guys. We are – we're getting there, man. We're getting there. It's almost crunch time, baby. It's almost crunch time. This is our last show before Halloween. So to all you kiddos out there and to the parents, be safe. Go eat a lot of candy. And uh, be be aware and be lovely. I'm Chris. Love you guys. Good to be back. Go on, get Hi, Clove.